Welcome to Raise the Line with Osmosis.org, seeking solutions with leading experts on how to increase healthcare capacity so people can get the care they need during the COVID-19 crisis and beyond. Hi, I'm Shubh Glani, and today on Raise the Line, I'm really happy to be joined by Dr. Sandra Scheinbaum, who is the founder and CEO of the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy, which prepares learners to collaborate with providers and patients to resolve underlying causes of disease and to promote wellness. Dr. Sandy, as she's known, is a PhD clinical psychologist with more than 30 years in practice and a global leader in functional medicine. She's written several books on functional medicine coaching and how to use this approach to stop panic attacks. So Dr. Sandy, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. Oh, thank you for that introduction. It is a pleasure to be here. So can you start by telling us a bit about yourself? What led you to pursue a career in medicine and specifically psychology? Sure. Well, where I end up is not where I thought I would be. I originally was a school teacher, specifically special education, ran a classroom for many years. Then I taught at local colleges about how to teach teachers to work with kids with special learning needs. And then that morphed into a strong interest in behavior management, which was the words we used at the time. How can we help parents to really uh, help their kids to manage their behavior, their emotions? And that then led to an interest in stress. And I led many groups, stress management for parents, for teachers, for kids, relaxation techniques. And I went back and got my doctorate in clinical psychology and then uh, launched a career for almost 40 years in what was a clinical psychology practice, but with a heavy specialization on mind-body medicine and biofeedback, always interested in how the mind impacted the body and vice versa. And that included what about what you eat and how you move throughout the day. So I studied with the Institute for Functional Medicine, got very interested in functional medicine. As a clinical psychologist, it was not in my scope of practice to do things like order labs, for example, which in functional medicine, it's often a big piece, looking at supplement recommendations. But I I really returned to my roots in education and decided that there was a huge need for health coaches to be trained in the methodologies, the principles of functional medicine, but more importantly, not just those principles in isolation, but pairing it with positive psychology, mind-body medicine, all those pieces that I had been working with to help people for issues such as depression, anxiety, or just the impact of how you change your thinking, how you change your emotions, that changes a physical state. So I put it all together and then we partnered. And by we, I had a, a partner who's our co-founder, Elise. And, and so we partnered with the Institute for Functional Medicine. Now at the time I was 65 and it was a time when my friends and colleagues were retiring and I decided that I had a huge mission that was to really work to train coaches because Coaches are the ones who are going out and can really spread this approach of functional medicine paired with positive psychology. Thanks for that background. It's pretty impressive. I love how you melded your original interest as a special education teacher and trainer of teachers and parents into functional medicine. So for our audience who may not be aware, what is like the actual definition of functional medicine? 
And then can you give us a bit of understanding of the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy and you know, how many health coaches you've trained so far and any material you can share about that? Functional medicine is really root cause medicine. It's the question, why? That's so important. Why is this particular person having these symptoms, been diagnosed with these particular conditions at this particular time in their life? There's a story that I like to tell, and it actually comes from a cartoon. It's a visual of this room that's flooding. In other words, it's the kitchen. So picture that, and there's water all over the floor. And there's a bunch of people, we'll call those the doctors, and they're at one end, and they have the mops in their hands, and they're busy just trying to soak up all this water. But they're looking down at the floor, at the water. They are not looking over at the sink. Wow, the faucet's on. It's overflowing. That's functional medicine. So all they have to do is go over to the sink and turn off the faucet. Stop it at the root cause, go upstream. What does that mean? It means things like inflammation, for example. Well, what might be causing it? So what's the cause of the inflammation? So what's the cause of the cause? It's nine times out of 10, somebody's diet and lifestyle, how they are living their life. And so functional medicine looks at this big picture going upstream, what's the cause, rather than just trying to mop up the floor and address the symptoms and looking at these lifestyle factors. And that's where you start, start making those changes and then There might be a need for supplements, for more traditional medical interventions, treatment approaches. They're not doctors who practice functional medicine are not anti-drugs and surgery, certainly, if that's needed. But they're focused on, first and foremost, these root causes for the chronic lifestyle factors and the chronic conditions that are impacted by these lifestyle factors such as obesity, type 2 diabetes. Now, where does a coach fit in? Well, the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy, we train people to become health coaches. We're proud that we have close to 3,000 graduates now all over the world. And what they do is they're the guides. They're the personal cheerleaders. They partner with people to help them to reach their health goals, to change when change is hard. So they're not taking the place of doctors. They are side by side with the doctors. Many people who become health coaches work in medical practices, or they get referrals from functional medicine doctors, who the doctors are the ones who are like the medical detectives. They're going to discover what that root causes might be. They might do that by taking a very detailed history combined with some specific specialty lab tests. And then the coach will then help that individual to implement whatever that doctor has recommended. So that's one way of working. We also have many graduates who are in the community and they do exciting things like they get a bunch of people together and they lead groups. Coaches can be educators. They can help people understand a lot of these principles of functional medicine or what is the research saying right now about the right approach to a diet and how to move appropriately. So they educate, they're the guides, they just, they do not diagnose or prescribe. 
That's very helpful. And and obviously, you know, health coaches have become more popular as some of these companies that employ them have become bigger. So Livongo, Omada, PacHealth, there's a lot of these companies that are actively trying to hire health coaches or train them. And I imagine you know, your alums, some of them will go work for these companies. Can you give us a sense, our audience, a sense of, you know, what it takes to become a health coach? What's the profile what are the types of organizations that then hire them? Because uh, one of our main focuses here at Osmosis, and, and the reason we call it Raise Line, is how do we improve healthcare capacity? And we know that's not all going to be done by MDs and DOs. We need care teams that take into account the whole person, nutritionists and audiologists and EMTs and obviously health coaches. So can you give our audience a bit of sense of like the health coaching macro industry, as well as you know the profile of somebody who becomes a health coach? Sure. Who's going to become a health coach? Do you have a passion to serve others? You feel this is your calling. Are you interested personally in wellness? Are you always reading wellness books and searching for information online pertaining to health, longevity, well-being? And then there's what do you bring? to a coaching session. People ask me that all the time. Like, do I have the training? Do I need to be a nurse? Do I need previously, do I need a background in nutrition? The answer to that is absolutely not. Some of our best coaches are career changes or they've been stay-at-home parents and they, they have this calling to serve. Many of them have had a health crisis themselves that was challenging and perhaps they saw a functional or integrative medicine doctors or perhaps they became those medical detectives. They, they sought answers. And so now they're inspired and they want to give back and they want to serve this population so that people don't have to suffer the way they did. There are the qualities that someone brings to to a coaching relationship. It's mindfulness, being fully, fully present, being able to convey hope and compassion. Are you somebody who is empathic, can connect? Are you a good listener? Do people often come to you and say, hey, I want to pick your brain about health or or just listen? Are you somebody who people feel comfortable with? Those are the kind of skills that in our curriculum, we focus on how to build them. But people come in with these basic traits and it's what makes them such a unique breed. And it's why the field is exploding because it works. And so companies like Mongo, Fitbit hiring coaches, Amazon hiring coaches for their employees. They're setting up some pilot programs. This is exploding and particularly now. Why? Because people are very interested in their health like never before. There are many people who are also feeling like they've been disrupted. They're worried about their industry and sustainability. They're worried about how will I make a living? We have people who are thinking, do I really do I really want to go to college and get that four-year degree? Perhaps I can get a certificate as a health coach, begin there, and then go on for advanced training at some future point. We have people who are in retirement who are feeling like, well, they just they want something that will really give them a mission and a purpose. And so they've come out of retirement with people in their 80s who are students. And this is what they're living for. And it's so enriching for to be able to 
serve others in, in that way. And I just spoke to someone today, in fact, and she said, I have open office hours for my students. And, and she was so excited. She said, yeah, I'm starting these support groups for low-income families, community. Anybody could come and be in my support group. And then many will choose to go on and, and be coached with me one-on-one. But she had been retired from a whole different profession. And now this was what really was exciting her. This was her mission to have these people come together in a virtual group and focus on wellness goals and learn about healthy lifestyle. So it's very, very inspiring. And again, we have a diverse group of students all over the world and they're united again, by this mission to serve and change healthcare, because you mentioned that, and that is this wonderful way that coaches can bridge this gap between the healthcare system, the acute system, which is overburdened, especially now. Doctors don't have time as much as they want to, to be with people, to give them the kind of care, to answer the kind of questions that they have. The coaches can bridge that gap. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I'm glad to hear that there's been a lot of interest in the field as a whole. We know the folks at the National Board of Medical Examiners have also started doing some certifications or some standardizations of of the testing to become a health coach. I'm curious, you know, how has COVID affected demand for health coaching? You mentioned career switchers potentially. And then also, you know, any other effects COVID has had specifically on, on the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy? Sure. So we have seen many people come to us wanting to be coaches now. In fact, we opened up another class. We have two classes. So it's a 12-month program, and we have a class that begins September 1st and March 1st. And we were asked to open another class because this was back in May. They said, well, I want to do it now. I don't want to wait till September. So we have a a class that started in June. There's a real interest. People want to do something that's fulfilling. And maybe they're using this time, we've seen this, to reassess what they want out of their work. And the beauty of being a health coach is that it's not so defined that when you are a graduate now and you're going out to be to practice as a coach, that it's so rigid. There's a lot of room for creativity and different paths. For example, we have people who, let's say they're in a career and they are merging it. So perhaps they're a nurse, a yoga instructor, an acupuncturist, massage therapist. Well, many of those areas, they it's been hard to work because they were offering services that could only be done live. And now they blend coaching skills. They can start a remote community. They can do it either one-on-one or in groups. We have other people who are, for many reasons, want to keep their current position. Let's say they're in a corporate job and they start to coach on the side. And often they'll find they don't leave those old skill sets behind. They're incorporating them. They're also bringing coaching in to their work. Perhaps they're now doing wellness programs for employees. So there's that's one way. Other people are 
doing uh, group visits. They're contracting with a number of medical practices, and this can be locally, but now one of the biggest changes we've seen, the changes to telehealth. And so coaches, because they are not licensed providers, don't have the restrictions that medical doctors do in terms of working out of state. So they can have clients anywhere in the world and see them remotely. And this is a model that many of the practices, the medical practices are using so that the doctor is not going to be working with patients across state lines, but they can have a coach who could be setting up groups and that's, or seeing people again, anywhere that they choose. So that's an area. And, and the beauty of running groups, because what we're seeing, especially during the pandemic, people are lonely, isolated, disconnected, and a coach can gather people together through Zoom. They can have groups. And we know there's research showing that the connections there can be super, super powerful. And as a school, we've always trained using Zoom. In fact, we were one of the early adopters. In fact, I had some naysayers. Uh, this was five years ago and we launched who said, wait, you have to have a live component, some weekend mandatory get-togethers. It has to be partially live. And I said, no, there's a system called Zoom, and I know it can be powerful and it's going to work. So thankfully, we, we trusted that and didn't have a live component because that would have been more challenging during this time. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm impressed with the breadth of people who, who become coaches and, and obviously the use cases, as you mentioned, from full-time, you know, being embedded in a health coaching company like, like Livongo to being part-time and maybe just setting it up, you know, on your own within a couple of counseling sessions a week or whatever it may be. Say one of our audience members or one of the listeners who's interested in pursuing a career in healthcare is deciding, you know, do I want to go into medical scribing, medical assisting, nutritionist, personal trainer, whatever it may be. Can you give them like some facts and figures on health coaching? You said FMCA has over 3,000 graduates. How many health coaches are there out there right now, you know, roughly? And kind of what are, if say you're working full-time as a health coach, are you paid hourly or is that a salaried position? Like anything you can provide to our audience would be helpful. Sure. So the best data that we have comes from the National Board of Health and Wellness Coaching. You mentioned before the National Board of Medical Examiners. They're partners with what's called NBHWC, the National Board. As a school, we are approved. So that means our graduates can sit for that exam to become board certified. That's the gold standard in the health coaching world. And they have, with the next exam cycle, they're going to be well over 3,000. That means people who are board certified. So that is the data. There are a lot of people out there who may call themselves a health coach. Perhaps they went to some weekend program. This term is not regulated like being a clinical psychologist is by the state where you have a license in coaching. Anyone could say, I'm a coach. And so I would not count those people. So the best data we have would be those 3,000. And then there are others who have graduated from programs, reputable programs. They just have not chosen to sit for the exam. So so the, the number typically for a profession to say this is everybody, there's name recognition for the profession, it would be well over that. Some people say it would be around 100,000, but we are growing. So that number, that 3,000 is going to 
going to double really soon, probably in a year or so for the, the national board. So what I'm saying is there's demand. There's a lot of demand and the qualified health coach pool is, again, going to grow. But right now, there are doctors, medical practices, companies are just, we, we're really closely associated with the National Board for Health and Wellness. And they say they have their phones ringing off the wall, so to speak with people wanting to hire board-certified health coaches. And in terms of hiring, that model, again, is personalized. It depends. A busy practice, a large practice, a, a hospital, a clinic would have people on salary, just like they would have physicians on salary with annual reviews and so forth and benefits. And then smaller practices, let's say it's a functional medicine doctor, just starting out, and they may use an independent contractor model where you would get it, you as the coach would get a percentage, and that would vary based on your experience, or you may be really helping that practice to get off the ground. And we support a model where a coach can really co create something with that medical office so that they're an integral part and they're so valuable that they would be getting a a higher percentage. That's really, really helpful feedback. I know we're coming up in time. So, you know, one question we always like to ask our guests, I want to make sure it gets in this in this podcast, is what advice would you give to students considering a career, whether it's health coaching or in healthcare in general, about meeting the challenges of the COVID-19 pandemic and beyond? Sure. So it's focusing on what's right with you and not what's wrong with you. So when you're considering a career, you may have fear. Will I be qualified? Will I be good at it? Will I get a job? Will I, do I know enough? Do I have the right background? And we often refer to that as the imposter syndrome. And so really focus on if you're not feeling that, then uh, you're not playing a, a big enough game. My friend JJ Virgin talks about it in that way. So do stuff scared and take that risk and find something that's rewarding. And I do want to say that with coaching, what's often most rewarding is how you will grow and be transformed. As you become a coach and are serving others, you get back and it will change you profoundly to be really a, a person who is stronger, more confident, but also experiencing this personal transformation in terms of your lifestyle and well seeing your family transformed as well. So it's a very, very powerful process when you are engaged with a client, whether individually or in a group. That's great. I mean, I think if anything that's come out of this pandemic has been good, it's the society's respect for healthcare professionals and also their interest in public health, including their own health. So with that, Dr. Sandy, I know we're out of time, but thank you so much for taking the time and be with us today. And more importantly, the work that you do leading the FMCA. Oh, thank you so much. And it's functionalmedicinecoaching.org if anyone is interested. Thanks for sharing that. And so with that, I'm Shivaglani. Thank you to our audience for checking out today's show. And remember to do your part to flatten the curve and raise the line since we're all in this together. Take care. For more information on how you can help raise the line and flatten the curve, go to osmosis.org slash COVID-19. If you like this podcast, please share it on your social channels. You can also subscribe to the series and check out all of our podcasts at osmosis.org slash raise the line podcast.